2: Hi, it's James Martell here and welcome to edition number 355 of the Affiliate Buzz, where we've been keeping affiliates inspired, informed, and motivated to succeed with affiliate programs since 2003. For those of you who are joining us live here on Webmaster Radio, it's great to have you with us. If you're joining us through a podcast on your smartphone, tablet, computer, or wi- Wi-Fi radio, a very special welcome to you as well. Arlene is away. She's uh, out and about somewhere, so no Arlene today. However, not to worry because I have a very special guest joining us today, Ashley Coombe, Marketing Director at Prosperant. And today we're going to be talking about best practices in building your audience using Facebook ads. We'll also touch a little bit on Sherist and we'll talk about Prosperant and their products and services. We'll cover off some successes and failures. We'll dive into the speed round towards the end. And as usual, we will wrap up with a little dream building and talk about some trips, and travel, and some lifestyle. Ashley Coombe is a marketing director at Prosperant, an affiliate tools vendor, and she continues to work with the content platform Shareist as their content marketing evangelist. Ashley is a frequent speaker at my favorite conference, uh, Affiliate Summit, and has been sought out by publications such as Forbes and the Shark Tank blog for her social media expertise. And she also lives in the great state of Colorado. Ashley, welcome to the Affiliate Buzz, thanks so much, James, for having me. Hey, I noticed you are also up in Castle Rock, uh, also the home of uh, of uh, Matt Frary and the gang over at Smarter Chaos, and uh, what a beautiful area you live in! You know, we
1: just moved um, into the city from Castle Rock a few months ago, but I lived in Castle Rock for quite some time and got to spend time with Matt Frary, so that was cool.
0: Yeah, it's a beautiful,
1: nice. beautiful city.
2: I've actually had the opportunity to uh, spend some time there, uh, and that was uh, just great. Uh, So now, before we dig in and we talk about Facebook advertising and social media, and I want to ask you a few questions about Shares to kind of put that bug in my ear earlier. We'll talk (laughs) about prosperity and stuff. Before we get into all of that, tell us about you, you personally, your history, and your background prior maybe to discovering online marketing.
1: Okay, um it's it's interesting because I, you know, absolutely never intended to do anything with marketing. I grew up in Colorado. I went to um school to teach English abroad and that never happened. I ended up um Staying in school in Colorado, moving back to Denver, and teaching elementary school for a while. Hmm. And when I had my oldest daughter, who is now eight, um, I was put on bed rest during my pregnancy uh, at 16 weeks. So that means I had 24 weeks to lay around on the couch. Wow. Um, fortunately, I had a laptop, and that's where I got interested in it. My um, mom had actually seen a diaper bag website for sale on eBay. And we purchased that together as a fun project. And um, within the first month, I think we had made zero sales or maybe one. And so we realized, oh, we have to do something. You don't just um, buy a website and then start making tons of money. So I started learning about SEO. And uh, obviously, that's changed into social media now. But that's how it all started.
2: So tell us about tell us about the uh, the early days there. I understand you got started so that would have been 2005 2006 era. Yeah. So take take us back to the beginning and kind of you know go through how you got started so you bought the site and then mm-hmm. you know what were your early days like? Like wh- kind of unfold that for us.
1: Well, I remember when I first started um and wanted to start a blog and I remember purchasing a domain name and then building my site on front page. And hitting publish and thinking my website would just automatically be on the domain name that I had purchased. <laughs> so you can kind of um, ascertain how much experience I had with the internet. I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. Um, so I remember calling one of my good friends. Her name is also Ashley, and she was an e commerce um, internet marketer. And she said, Oh, well, who's your host? And I said, I don't understand what you mean. (laughs) I don't know what hosting is. So I learned a lot. I've learned a lot since then. Um, But, you know, it was – I started out, like I said, with SEO and just absolutely loved it. I had a lot of time during my days, and so I would just – read everything I possibly could about ranking websites and making sales with an e-commerce website. And that was um, before Facebook was available to all of us and before Twitter was around and all of that. So uh, social media was not even an option. It was just forums and blog commenting and that kind of thing. Um, but I just really fell in love with the whole process. So I started just getting as much information as I could could and attending conferences. And, um, that's where I learned everything I needed to know.
2: How long would you say it took before you started to see maybe your first success and, and what was that success?
1: Well, initially it would be, um, starting to see those sales come in for diaper bags. I think my first, the first thing that I was, um, absurdly excited about was beating e-bags for the diaper bags ranking. Mm. And, uh, I think my entire goal in life at the time was to rank number one for the phrase diaper bags. So um, I think that took maybe between three and six months of learning and then working. Um, and then not too long after that, I started a an SEO consulting business. And that was actually in Castle Rock. That was before I knew Matt. Um, but I started helping small businesses rank for their phrases and that was probably three to six months in and that was what I would consider um oh I'm sorry that was after my my daughter was born so it was a little bit longer but that was what I would consider to be um my first real successes
2: what would you say your biggest failure was or setback
1: um, it would be hard for me to say just one. I can think of about 30 off the top of my <laughs> head. <laughs> um, I recently did a talk about all of my biggest failures, and I think I brought every business card from all of the different businesses I tried to start, mm-hmm. and I had a whole Ziploc baggie full of them. So, Oh,
2: that's hilarious. Um,
1: I try to call those learning experiences now instead of failures, but they at the time they were definitely failures. <laughs> um, uh, I think that looking back, my biggest failure was trying to take shortcuts So I would do things like purchase backlinks. Um, Mm -hmm. I would equate that now to purchasing Twitter followers or purchasing Facebook likes. And uh, it seemed like a great idea. It seemed a really quick and easy way to rank your sites. But um, we all know what Google did with that now. So Mm -hmm. I wish I wouldn't have taken those shortcuts and would have just focused on um, really building up a solid business instead.
2: Yeah, no, it's good advice. Good advice. You and I had a chance to talk a little bit about the white hatters versus the black hatters before we got on the call a little earlier. And right. You, you, you'd mentioned something very interesting. And before we get into talking about Facebook, mention if you would or talk a little bit about, uh, I guess, maybe your talk a little bit at CJ or sorry, at uh, Affiliate Summit. Okay. And then how you talked about uh, the spammers because I thought that was very interesting because you, you talked about it being a lot of work.
1: Um so when I was at affiliate summit this last time I spoke on Facebook ads and um I you know at the beginning of every talk I kind of I try to get some information on who my audience is so I'll ask if it's a um, primarily affiliates or if it's primarily OPMs or if it's primarily merchants and I try to get a feel for that just to know who I'm talking to this last time I spoke I did not do that and I believed based on some people I had spoken to earlier in the day that I was speaking to bloggers who um, were kind of terrified of Facebook ads and didn't know if they had enough money and so I in my mind was speaking to people who were, I, I kept re- reminding them, it's okay if you only have a dollar a day to spend on your Facebook ads. At the end, during the question and answer period, I realized that the majority of the audience were, um, were people who wanted to set up fake Facebook accounts and spend um, you know, upwards of $5,000 a day on their ads. And so they struggled to find value in some of what I was saying. Um, and so I wish I, I would have asked more. I don't, they, they were at the end asking about, you know, is it okay to make fake um, Facebook profiles so that when you do get banned, they assumed that you'd automatically get banned, so that when you do, you can just jump over to another one. And I absolutely hadn't addressed that at all. So um, that was a. That was a common practice in the crowd that I was speaking to that day.
2: Interesting. And one of the things that you'd mentioned earlier is that, and I've I've lived around the Black Hatters myself, and I've always attempted very hard to uh, stay in the White Hat arena, where we don't Mm -hmm. play games with Google or Facebook or any of the the services, because it is extremely painful, and I deal with the calls at the office here, so from time to time, from somebody who just got turfed out of Google, usually. Mm -hmm. And then you dig into it, and you find out all of the little things that they've been up to and how much work it was to actually do the spamming and a lot of people think well if you go black hat it's easy and it's really not is it
1: no and um i think that's that's what you were asking before we i see people all the time that are um i talk to people all the time that are building up websites and then they get banned and so they have to build up another one the next day and i talked to a guy the other day that talked he was saying he builds um i can't remember if he was saying. He must have been saying 20 to 60 sites a month, yeah. and they make him a little bit of money, and then they get banned, and so he moves on to the next one. And I thought, that sounds like a lot of work to me. And he said, well, no, I can build these sites really fast. It's not that much work. And I thought it would be a lot less work to build one site and then to put really valuable content on it and just build your business out of that as opposed to building up all those sites every day.
2: Well said. Well said. So let's let, let's let's shift gears here and let's let's talk about uh, best practices in building your audience in Facebook. And Facebook something I've got a little bit of experience with. I've done a little bit of Facebook ads for for one of my clients and I must say it's been very successful. Although it's not in the affiliate space, it's actually for a local business and it's been You know, quite a treat and very interesting for me to dig into it. Mm -hmm. And then also, I'm working on a project, and I know probably many listeners are doing something similar, where I am working on a few digital products that I'd love to sell and sell successfully. And I am really looking at Facebook very hard as a method to uh, to build in traffic so and build a, build an audience. And I don't want to find myself in trouble because mm-hmm. I'm using my own personal Facebook account. So I want to make sure when you said best practices, it's like, okay, there's my hot button. I want to mm-hmm. do this right and I don't want to uh, make any mistakes. And of course, I want to succeed with it just like anybody else would do. If you're going to pull out your credit card, you're going to start paying for uh, for traffic or to build an audience within Facebook. So give us kind of some background here on Facebook and Facebook ads.
1: Okay, um, I I love using Facebook ads. You know, historically I've used uh, Google ads and I've used Bing ads and I've used all kinds of different ads. And I found Facebook um, to be, it's, it's my favorite way to advertise. I think that especially if you have a small budget, it's a really great way to get a huge audience to your website or to your Facebook page with very little money. Um, you're able to really drill down on the audience. You can specify um, a scary amount. So when when you see how much you can specify your audience, it's almost scary how much they know about us. Um, but you're able to get so specific with your audience that it's uh, a no-brainer for them to like your page or to take an action on your website. So I really enjoy it. Um, and... Again, it's, it's an easy way to do it inexpensively. Uh, If you have a larger budget, it's a really good way to connect with a large, a large audience. Um, Yeah. And I can just go through what I do when I'm setting up an ad, uh, some of the different options they, they give. And I have never personally been banned um, from Facebook, so I always, always use my personal account. I spoke with a good friend that some of you listening may know. Um, He's known at Affiliate Summit as Coffee Nate, uh, Nate Smith. And um, he had just recently, about two weeks before our talk, his site had been banned for um, what he viewed as a very silly reason, so there is some some risk in doing it, but he was able to uh, work around that very easily. The situation that he ran into, he did ads for a check site, okay. and Facebook viewed something on their website as talking about gambling, so uh, his account ended up getting banned with no with no notice.
2: Is there any um, any hope of recovering that?
1: You know he. He was spending, um, I think it was somewhere around 20000 a month, and that was not enough money to keep or to get their attention. So he did not have success. He tried to contact somebody there, and he was not successful with that. Um, but again, he was able to get around it pretty easily, uh, but he wasn't able to ever get that account back.
2: So I guess that would lead me maybe to my first question then. Mm-hmm. If you're going to dive into the world of Facebook advertising and you have a personal account that's very valuable to you, just on a, even on a personal level, because in my case, you know, they got the granddaughter photos in there and my whole Mm -hmm. life is in here for the last few years. And if I was to lose this, honestly, I'd probably cry. So that's you know what I
1: I should, I should define that better. He did not lose his personal account, just his ads account.
2: Okay. Okay. Good. Yeah. Good, good, good.
1: So no, they never took his account away. None of that was, um, none of that was affected. That does make me think, however, it's something that we always teach at Sheriffs when we're talking about content marketing is that you need to pay yourself first. So you need to put that on a platform that's yours and yours alone, as opposed to just putting all your content on Facebook, because at any, any day they're in charge, they could decide they don't want you on Facebook anymore. So, so make sure you're putting that somewhere you can hang on to it
2: too. Good, good reminder. Good reminder. Mm -hmm. All right. So, so let's dig into the whole process here. So let's, let's, let's maybe run through a scenario and I'll be a little bit selfish here if I could, because, and I know a lot of listeners are, are working on projects. So whether it's an affiliate product or a product of your own, you're going to be marketing on your, you're, you're thinking about marketing on Facebook and you've got maybe a lead magnet or an opt-in offer of some sort uh, do you have do you have any suggestions on you know getting set up is what do we need to do in advance
1: i do so um you know what i what i always try to remind clients that I'm working with is that you are interrupting somebody who's relaxing on Facebook. So if you picture who's looking at Facebook, it's either somebody that's trying to squeeze in some time during their workday, or it may be somebody who just got home from work and poured a glass of wine, put their slippers on, kicked their feet up on the coffee table, and they're scrolling through looking at pictures of their friend's new granddaughter. Congratulations, by the way. That's um like and they're looking at pictures of what their friends ate for lunch and those kinds of things. So you you want to be careful not to interrupt that process, but just slide in there. You've probably heard it referred to as native advertising, um, but, you know, make it look like a post so that you're not jarring somebody with a product announcement in the middle of that kind of scrolling. Um one of the things that I always do before I begin ads for one of my own pages or a client's page mm-hmm. is to have them segment their audience out and give that those audience members a persona. So um with Prosperant for example, the affiliate tools provider, mm-hmm. we came up with I think it's 16 different audience personas. So one may be a stay-at-home mom who's trying to make money with her blog. Um, and then one might be a, a big, huge company that's trying to create some passive income streams. So there's all these different types of people, and their ads are not going to be the same. So just like you're able to target specific demographics on Facebook, you want to segment out those audience members, and then you're going to do separate ad campaigns for each of them. Um, if, if you imagine uh, one individual in that audience You can give them a persona so you can think about what their pain points are, what their questions are, what their problems are, and then talk to just that one person. Um, I always hear this as writing advice. It's some of the best writing advice I've ever heard is to talk to one individual. So use terms like you instead of you guys or you all. Um, and speak to that one individual about their pain points. So as I set up an ad, I don't accept the default text they give me. I don't use my um, my business logo and I don't use the default text or the description of the business. But I use that text to respond to the question or pain point of that specific audience member. Um, so I can go through real quick and you know just run through the decisions I would make during an ad setup. Would you like me to do that?
2: Yeah, let's let's do this. Let's let's take a break. Okay. And when we get back, I'd love to have you uh, walk us all step by step uh, through those, uh, if you would. That'd be great. So I'm here with Ashley Combe, the marketing director at Prosperant. We will be right back.
1: More affiliate buzz coming up after we hear from our sponsors. When you started your business, you first listened to your professors.
0: Now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to every
1: campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, to get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC Professionals, personal professional PPC services, ppcprofessionals.com. Here's James and Arlene.
2: Arlene is away today, but I do have Ashley Combe, the Marketing Director at Prosperant, and we're talking about best practices in building your audience using Facebook ads. So, so Ashley, so far you've talked about uh, native advertising, uh, make it look like a post, segment your audience, uh, 16 different personas that you guys have come up with at Prosperant, which I think is brilliant. Uh, you talked about separate ad campaigns for each one of those personas and digging in and addressing their pain points. So if you could continue on, this is very interesting.
1: Oh, good. I'm glad you think so. I am, I find your, um, every time you say the word about very interesting. So (laughs) I think you should uh, throw that in there a few more times. (laughs) Um, so I was just going to go through when I start setting up an ad, there's a lot of different objectives that are possible. So you can do things like. Uh, try and draw more likes to your page. You can get clicks to your website. You can set up an ad that will help you get conversions on your website. so that would be um, putting a tracking pixel on the thank you page after somebody signed up for a newsletter for example. Um, if you want somebody to take an action on your website they they help you do that. <clears throat> Excuse me um, one of the options that you have on your Business Facebook page, right there after you post something, there's an option down at the bottom right that says boost post. And as advertisers, we typically try to stay away from that one because it doesn't allow you to target the audience in the same way. Uh So it can tend to be annoying to your audience because it shows automatically to their friends, it shows to people who may not be interested in your content. I sometimes use it if I have a very generic announcement from my company, but I don't use it very often. Um, But you'll hear uh, Facebook ad users talk about not liking that specific tool. So what what you would do instead is go over onto the left-hand column of your Facebook page. So under your profile picture, there will be something that says Ad Manager, and then you can create an ad through there. There's also a more advanced tool that's called Power Editor. I don't use that a lot unless I'm doing something, um, some specific actions that are only available on Power Editor, but some people just swear by it. They think it's the best thing. Okay. So when I click that ad manager, I have all those options. I can um, draw my audience to an event or to offers, or I can even do um, video ads now. So I would choose one of those and then I would go down the options for that. So the differences are they some of them show just on the right hand side as opposed to in the news feed or on the mobile news feed. Um, So I, I typically use the page likes one and try and drive my audience to my Facebook page. Um, but I also sometimes use the one where I'm bringing people to my website and trying to get conversions. Okay. So once you click on that, you can choose which of your business pages you want the ads to go to. Um, and if you're collaborating with someone else, they can invite you to be an admin on their ad account, too, so you can work on their ads. So... Once you click on that, it will just walk you through. It's got a little wizard that walks you through the ad setup, and it's fantastic. It makes it super easy, and it puts all your default information there. I mentioned before the break that I never use that default information Uh um, because unless I'm a really well-known brand, unless I'm Coca-Cola or something that people will recognize immediately, they're not going to care so much about my logo. It's not going to get their attention and make them want to click in the same way that my business description is probably not going to make them want to click. Now, it might. The the example I pulled up to walk you guys through this is my um, social media page that's just Ashley B. Coombe, and my description is social media, media. So maybe that would make people want to click. I'm not sure. Um, So the first thing that you get to choose as an image. And you can choose up to six different images. And what Facebook will do is it will create six different ads out of that. And then it will show the one that's most successful more often. So it's optimizing for you. And that's very nice. That's very nice. One of the things they just added recently was the ability to use all Shutterstock photos in your ads. So you can use those ads without paying the Shutterstock fee, which is very cool. So um, if you have... And add that you need a stock photo, then you can use those, and that's nice. So I go through that and I pick six different images. You sound like you have a question for me. Were you going to yeah, jump in there?
2: Yeah, I was just thinking with you know, th- I didn't realize the shutter, that you could do that with Shutterstock. That's very cool. So, do you recommend picking six different uh, six different images, or going with one? What do you recommend? I always
1: there? I always pick six six different images because if there's any opportunity to test then you want to take it. So when I'm first setting up an ad, I always pick those six different ones. Then I see whichever one's most successful. I may have two or three that are really successful and then two or three that aren't. So then I would pause those two or three that aren't and add in three new images. Um, But I'm constantly testing. And I think that that's, you know, any of these best practices are supposed to work across the board, but. Always, always, always test. And I know that every internet marketer says that. And it's, um, you know, people want more solid answers than just test. But if I'm running ads for a client who owns a massage studio, they're going to have very different things that are successful than somebody who has a car dealership or somebody who's, um, you know, doing affiliate work. So just test what works best for your specific industry. Um. So again, I go back to not using something that's that's branded because I just really want to get people's attention. There's been so many tests. I saw that Jeremy Shoemaker has a, a show on this channel as well. Mm-hmm. He's done so many tests about what types of images work best on Facebook. Um, I have a lot of success with Images with animals in them and babies' faces. Mm. I think anytime you're getting a human in there, it gets a little bit more attention. How about puppies? How, how about puppies? Uh,
2: <laughs> how about
1: puppies? puppies, yeah. Well, and I think Jeremy Shoemaker found out that the the most successful thing is any pictures with cleavage in it. So I don't tend to use those, but I think that a lot of marketers do. Um, You know, there's a lot of studies about the colors, too, what works the best. I use a lot of bright colors to get people's attention. Um, And then that is, you scroll down, you have three different options of where those ads can go. So it can either be in the news feed, which I prefer Um, It can go on the right side. I never, ever used to do the right side ads. I used to think they were irritating. But Facebook, just in the the past couple months, changed them so they're bigger, um, and there's only a few. So I think that it's worth it if you haven't done right column ads in the past to test them again. Um, If you're leading ads to your website as opposed to a Facebook page, you don't have the option for the newsfeed and the mobile newsfeed. So you have to go... Uh, just on the right column. But if you're going to a Facebook page, then you can do those those newsfeed ads. And we've all seen them. They say sponsored. Um, they have the page name. A lot of times they just have the business description. I would say change it, put text in there that specifically addresses that pain point and talk to that specific audience member. So as opposed to saying, um, we are a company that builds affiliate tools, I would ask a question like, are you – oh, I can't think. I, I should did have an your, example. Did, you,
2: did your last affiliate marketing check suck?
1: Perfect. <laughs> and then I might put a picture in there of an affiliate marketing check or somebody with their head in their hands frustrated because they don't have enough money. Yes. Um so I address that specific person when I'm doing ones. I told you one of our uh, specific audience personas was stay at home moms mm-hmm. and who are trying to make money with their blog. And I'll put pictures of the mom with the kid with their laptop right next to them. So those are some of the ones that are really helpful. I think that stock photos, if you have individual photos, they're better than stock photos because I think people have kind of become tired of stock photos. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but... If you have no other options, then stock photos are better than using your business logo, or at least in my opinion. So, again, that's one of those things you should test because I can't say that across the board.
2: You bet. You bet. Um, Well, and when you mention a name like Jeremy Shoemaker, who, of course, is one of the top affiliates, uh, period, mm -hmm. and internet marketers online, uh, and you will, I think, the common denominator – between all the top guys is probably compared to the one of those that are not succeeding is the fact that they test, 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 test. I thought what
1: you were going to say that the fact that they use cleavage in their ads. I'm glad um, you didn't. See
2: that. No, no, no. I did. You said that. Not me. <laughs> I, I
1: thought that was going to be your. <laughs> you common, brought it up. Not the common denominator.
2: <laughs> no, that's why you can see definitely see why definitely so get the guy. The guys' uh, attention, yeah. So shoe money, he's got a he's he has a show, of course, here on Webmaster Radio as well, and I'd highly recommend to listeners to uh, to check that out. Now, let me ask you something. Let's let's stick with this news feed for a second here. Mm-hmm. You mentioned earlier make it look like a post are you talking take take me through that because i know in the news feed i've been doing some reading on it of course you can put the image directly and we're talking in the mainstream of content that's coming in you can put an image in here you say you can use the shutterstock photos for free or use a use a photo of your own and i know that you could put some text on there and but they limit the amount of text that you can put on these images
1: mm-hmm.
2: i think it's uh so i think
1: it's i think it's something like 60 characters you can use Okay. Um, but when I say make it look like a post, I mean as opposed to saying we have this these shoes for sale or we have a sale going on at our store, uh, make it more personal. So so things that people would not feel like uh, not something you'd put on a billboard, like call us for legal advice, but addressing them, saying something, giving your business a little bit more of a per- personality as opposed to sounding like a business.
2: Sure, sure, sure. And then on the tracking pixel portion mm-hmm. and with the understanding that uh, all of this needs to be tracked is, as you said, it's, although they're best practices, uh, that doesn't eliminate the need to, to test everything. Um, I, I assume Facebook provides you with a tracking pixel for every ad that you create.
1: So there's a couple ways to do that. If there is a conversion, if you're, if you're bringing it to a Facebook page, The tracking all happens within Facebook. So you can go look at your analytics later, so you don't need that tracking pixel. But if you're leading it to your page and your initial goal that you set up was to get a web conversion, then yes, they provide that tracking pixel for you. Um, In addition to that, you can also, when you're setting which URL the ad will lead to. You can put the UTM parameters on there so that you can see whether or not it uh, resulted in a conversion on your Google Analytics or whatever analytics program you use.
2: And Ashley, do me a favor for new listeners. Explain UTM.
1: Um. Oh boy, you're going to ask me something really tough. I don't. I'm not even sure what it stands for. But it's those parameters that you can put on the very end of a URL, so it will say. Um, where it came from. So, on your it, within Google Analytics, there's a little uh, form you can fill out and uh-huh. you can say, you would say where it came from. So, you would say Facebook. You yeah. can say who your specific audience was. So, you might say stay at home moms. Um, there's several parameters you can write within that, and then it will make a URL for you that shows each of those things. So, then when you're looking in your analytics, you can see um, the goals that you had set and which you can see uh... which sources led to the completion of that goal so you you will see okay people who came from facebook were more likely to purchase or to sign up for my newsletter than people who came from twitter
2: and i think you probably can't uh encourage listeners enough to make sure if you're going to be running Facebook ads that even if you're not quite sure on the analytics, that you take the time to figure out how to set all this up. Otherwise, you're going to find yourself, even if you are having some success, the ads that you are running, I would think uh, that are failing, you don't know that and you're you're basically mm-hmm. eroding a lot of uh, capital that you don't need to be doing. So of course, getting getting the tracking in place, and I do know this from dealing with with a lot of new affiliates. Sometimes they'll skip that step, and mm-hmm. it's really a step that you cannot skip. You or skip. You have to make sure you uh, you get that done. So, what else? What other suggestions can you offer up to uh, to those who are thinking about uh, tackling Facebook? Let's talk about budget.
1: Okay. I'm going to I want to interject real quick when you were talking about um failures I had when I first started out. I, I also failed to set up that anal- those analytics and I would see lots of sales coming in and I would get so excited. Um but what I had failed to do was figure out the cost per sale that I was spending and after a while I realized I was spending more on advertising than I was making and um in case you don't already know, that is a bad business decision. So,
2: <laughs> good, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> good advice. Good advice. And and on that note, if you have the tracking set up, what does it allow you to do? It allows you to turn off the ads that are not producing mm-hmm. and focus in on the ones that do. Correct.
1: Yep. So you can just pause certain ones um, and let the successful ones. So there's a you know there's a whole math formula where you can figure out how much. Each customer is worth to you based on all these different figures that people smarter than me about math have figured out. And uh, then you can determine how much you can spend on that audience segment. Um, So in terms of budget, like I mentioned, if you have a dollar a day to spend, that's okay. That's enough to start with. Um, I think you can probably even start with less, but I typically when I start with a new with someone new that doesn't have a lot of money to spend, we start between one and three hundred dollars a month. Um so it's not it's not scary. Um there's I've been in I've I have a few affiliate pages that are set up as passion pages. Uh So they may be fan pages for a TV show or um fan pages for a specific topic and then I, I market affiliate products on those pages and those likes I've been able to get to less than a penny per like so it really is very inexpensive if you set up your um, targeting correctly um, so initially when you first set up your account Facebook will set a limit of five you can't go over five hundred dollars a month and then as you begin doing ads they take somewhere between three days and two weeks to bump that up. So if you are one of those people that's interested in spending several thousand dollars a day, then it doesn't take too long to get there. So there is that possibility there. Um, Going back to, I I mentioned his name so many times when we do Facebook advertising talks, but Jeremy Shoemaker, I think was one of the second biggest spenders in the U S or something. And he was spending a huge amount on Facebook ads and built a good deal of his business off of that. Um, But I always want to encourage people, if you don't have a huge budget, that's okay to start with that. Um, I think, does that answer your question?
2: Yeah, no, that's that's great. And, and just on the topic of budgets, if things are, are properly tracked and things are in place – I think the real goal here is to get yourself into a position where you can spend as much as you need because things are actually converting and the mm-hmm. sales are flowing and you know your numbers and you know what's converting and what's not. And what's not converting, of course, you turn off. So when you get to that magic place where you are actually profitable and you know you're profitable because things are being tracked, you can also you know, be quite comfortable and, uh, and, you know, cranking it up even more. So it's, uh, that's what I, I love about this, uh, about Facebook. And the other thing I love about Facebook ads from the little bit of work that I've done with it compared to Google, uh, AdWords, which I find to be one of the more complicated things on the planet, uh, Facebook is it's fun. It's easy. It's simple to track. It's not difficult to set up a nice ad mm-hmm. and you can monitor it, you know, much easier I find than, than running the, the AdWords ad. So it's, to me, it's been refreshing.
1: Right. They, they try to make it really easy. One of the, the coolest things that I love about Facebook advertising is you can, when you're initially setting up those ads, you can create a custom audience so you can upload your current uh, email list And they connect with MailChimp. You can download it from AWeber or wherever into um, into an Excel file and upload it to Facebook. And they will show ads. You can name that audience. And they will show ads to that specific audience only. So these are people who have already given you information about themselves. So they're very likely to come like your Facebook page or come back to your website. And then... Um, on top of that, from that custom audience, you can create a lookalike audience. So it's people who have similar demographics, similar interests, similar spending habits. So you take your current email list, make that a custom audience, then do a lookalike audience. And you're advertising to people who have very similar patterns as your current audience. So I love that about Facebook ads.
2: Very interesting, very interesting. I am here with Ashley Coombe, the Marketing Director at Prosperant. and when we return from a quick break, we're going to shift gears a little bit, and I'm going to ask uh, Ashley about Shareist, a service she actually scolded me about earlier this afternoon because I'm not using it yet, and I need to learn more about this. Uh, so we're going to dig into uh, Shareist uh, for all of us right after the break.
0: More affiliate buzz coming up after we hear from our sponsors. InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavowed documents, reconsideration requests, panda and Penguin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. The Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing ninjas can do for you visit the online dojo now at internet oh yeah my day is done time for happy hour you're already done for the day yeah because i use certifiedknowledge.org. their ppc tools literally save me hours every day how do you keep on top of all of google's new features easy with certified knowledge their interactive learning modules keep me up to date and if there's something i don't know i can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the google help files
1: Time now to hear some more affiliate buzzes on webmasterradio.fm. Here's James and Arlene.
2: Arlene is lost somewhere out there on the streets of (laughs) White Rock. Uh, But I do have Ashley Combe, Marketing Director at Prosperant, And we're talking or have been talking about uh, building your audience using Facebook ads. But we're going to shift gears a little bit. And I'm going to come clean. I think I signed up for Sherist a long time ago. But I must say I somehow got sidetracked, which I can easily do. Uh, But I know Scott (laughs) Yangro is behind it, and he's one of the co-founders. So I know you're their evangelist, so bring us up to speed, if you would. What is Shareist, and what should we be using it for as affiliates and people in the online marketing space? Okay,
1: so when I first discovered Cherist, I became so obsessed with it. It made my life so much easier that I think I went to Scott Janger and begged for a job because I liked it so much. Um so I it's it's just like the uh hair club for men. I'm not only a evangelist but also I don't know. I don't know what the exact line is, but but I work there because I absolutely love it. So I'm a little bit obsessed. Um Shareist is a content marketing platform that makes it really easy to manage all of your social media and your blog, um, all of your ideas, everything from one platform. So it's a way to curate all the content that you see on around the web when you're reading things. There's a place where you can just do a major idea dump and dump all those things in one bucket. And then based on what you dump in that bucket, um, you can get content recommendations and then write from, from different things that are trending online. So not just things that are related to everything you've collected, but things that are trending. And then right from there, you can either develop a piece of content out of them. You can do something with them or you can share them to all of your different social media platforms. So it encapsulates a bunch of different tools. It works similar to um, Pocket or KIPT. As well as things like Hootsuite, um, and then right there you can connect it to your Google Analytics and see all of uh, whether or not those items are meeting goals. Or you can just use Shareist Analytics. You can connect it to your WordPress blog, or you can have a Shareist website, which is similar to Tumblr. It gives you a way to um, share those little snackable bits of content with your audience, and then it gives you a way to produce that same content or uh, share that same content with your newsletter provider. So you can connect it to um, constant contact or MailChimp, or you can copy it and put it into Aweber, so wow. that it goes out to there. So it's a curation collection place. Then it's a way to share to all of your social media. Then you can send it out to your blog, then put it as in, put all of this as a newsletter in addition to that, you can also right there make PDFs out of things, so you can do a giveaway. Um, you can you can put together your giveaway or a book or uh, whatever it is you want to do. So it's like all those tools in one.
2: So give me a, a give us a snapshot, if you would, of how you would use it in you know one little sitting. You sit down in front okay. of it. You've got something on the go, and take it from there. So
1: um, I have. When you, when you first log into Shareist, you have the opportunity to set up a project, and I have projects for each of my ideas, like all the brilliant books I'm going to write someday and um, blogs that I'm going to start because I have a lot of extra time, um, <laughs> and then I have projects for each of the clients whose social media I manage. So each of those projects, I would log into one. I would check my um, inbox, which I'm sorry, not my inbox. I would check my RSS feed within there, which has all of the content from all of the sources I've previously put in there. I would see if they had anything interesting that I wanted to share out to my social media. If they did, I would either go ahead and put that into my editorial calendar, that's right, also right there in Sherist. Or I would just stick it into my inbox to do something with it later. Once I was done with that, I would hop over to the content recommendations. And those were, like I said, were recommendations um, based around the stuff that I had already added to my inbox. I would scroll through that, find stuff I wanted to share or do something with later. Then I would um, continue to set up my editorial calendar, make sure for all of my clients and any of my own sites that I had both my Facebook, Twitter, my LinkedIn page, my Google Plus page, all of those filled up with content to share. Once that was complete, I would go look at my inbox and figure out if I had some trending items that I could make a bigger piece of content out of. So we go through this. We have a slide share. It's also on our homepage um, that's called Successful Content Marketing in 30 Minutes a Day. So I actually do this on Mondays. I do that first step. Then Tuesdays, I do the second step. Wednesdays, I do the next step. Um, And then Fridays, I do a wrap-up post of what was most clicked on throughout the week and uh, send it out as a newsletter. And each day that takes me somewhere between five and 30 minutes. Uh, I think the newsletter takes five minutes based on Shares tools. So it's just a really cool tool to help keep social media active and newsletter active and um, all that active in a really short period of time.
2: You bet. Uh, we can sign up for free at Sherris.com. No credit mm-hmm. card required. They've got a light version, which you can try. And I'd encourage uh, uh, everyone to go sign up for an account and give it a try. And I'm going to dig back in myself uh, because...
1: Uh, I'm, I'm going to hold you to that. I'm going to bug you about
2: it. You please do. You okay. please <laughs> definitely uh, uh, do. And, and you know what time it is? Speed round. Now i got some questions for you that you don't even know are coming. Oh, great. These are like one or two, three, four-word answers, uh, simple questions. So let's just jump right into it. Uh, uh, Number one, Windows or or Mac? Oh, Mac. Mac, okay. What are your top three favorite internet marketing conferences?
1: Um, Affiliate Summit absolutely is number one. Um, Social Media World would be number two. And I just got back from content marketing world where I got to hear Kevin Spacey speak. So that would have to be number three right now.
2: Very cool. Favorite business book.
1: Ooh, favorite business book. Um, I'm having a hard time thinking of the title of it, but, um, oh, I can think of it. I think it's called Influence.
2: Okay. Robert Kildenny. Yes, yes, that's the one. Yeah, awesome, awesome book. Do you have a dream car?
1: Um, do I have kids in this dream or no, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, go with, with what I would drive if I got my dream car and had my kids would be a Porsche Cayenne.
2: There you go. Beautiful, beautiful vehicle. What, uh, what, what's a tool that's probably kind of baited now. What's a tool you use every day that you would hate to live without?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously I would have to say sheriff's on that one.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I knew that was coming last time you were on <laughs> an, you were on an airplane and where were you going?
1: Um, like I just mentioned, I went to Content Marketing World, so I went to Cleveland, Cleveland. which is just as exciting as it sounds.
2: Terrific! Tell us about Prosperant. Take some time, if you would. Take us. You know, tell tell us uh, what types of services Prosperant offers.
1: Okay. Um. So Prosperant initially is just a uh, tool that you can use. It's a tool for affiliates. We have. A linking tool that's similar to Skimlink or Viglink, um, if you know what those are, and then we have some ads that are similar to so sidebar ads that are similar to um, Google ads that you put on your website. Are those those aren't called pay per click? Um, then we have a an API, which is the biggest tool of ours. We have all of the data from all of the different. Um, affiliate programs out there all compiled into one. So we have a lot of people that use that data to build different tools on their website. And we have a variety of endpoints. So we have the data um, broken out by celebrities and products that are associated to those celebrities. And we have local data and coupon data. So we have that API is our biggest tool that um, our users use.
2: Terrific. Shara, uh, if you would share your contact information that you'd like and uh, where people can find out more about Sherist and Prosperant.
1: Great. So you can get a hold of me um, through any of the social media platforms. I'm always Ashley B. Coombe, which is spelled C O O M B E. I'm on Twitter and Facebook as that. And Prosperant, same thing. Social media platforms are the easiest way to get a hold of me. Or, um, Sharist, and you can also get a hold of me at my email address. I use a Gmail so I can forward all the emails to it, and it's ashleybcombe at gmail.com.
2: And to our listeners, thanks for listening to another edition of the Affiliate Buzz.